Amen. And thank God for the one who is our great pilot. And we trust that God will bless and uh, be our pilot in the days that lie ahead. Can we turn in our Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, prophecy of Ezekiel chapter 47, the penultimate chapter of the book of Ezekiel, the prophecy of Ezekiel chapter 47, and we're going to read from verse 1 of the chapter. Ezekiel chapter 47, beginning at verse 1. Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward, for the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under, uh, from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then uh, brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through. The waters were to the loins. Afterward he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? And he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. And when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers have come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it uh, from Engedi even unto Neglium. Uh, they shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall, be he shall not be healed, they shall be given to salt. And by the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not feed, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall uh, bring forth new fruit according to his months, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word to our hearts for his name's sake. 
1 to take verse 11 as a text there. The miry places thereof and the marchers thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. Now let's just unite together, please, in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we thank thee for the word of God to our hearts today. And our God, we thank thee for this time of blessing. We believe when the Lord comes, uh, when the Dead Sea will be turned into fresh water and full of fish. And, O oh God, we thank thee for all of these blessings that come even at that time. And we pray, gracious God, that we might know the Lord and know his blessing. Lord, those of us that are saved uh, will be there. We will see it. And our God, we will rejoice in the might and power of God. So our Father, we ask thee today that thou wouldst meet with us and bless us even as we gather around thy word today and encourage us even in the midst of what we learn. Help us, O God, not to in any way mar the blessing, but O that the blessings might flow apace and that we might see God step in in mighty power. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen. Now, in this chapter in the book of Ezekiel, we have the uh, description of the waters that flow out of the temple and flow deeper and deeper as they go along. You have the famous description of waters to the ankles and then waters to the knees and uh, uh, waters to the loins and then waters to swim in. And I believe that that is something that is actually going to physically happen. Uh, there will be when the Lord Jesus comes again. We read that when the Lord comes, that he puts his feet upon the Mount of Olives. Uh, the angel said that he will come as you've seen him go. He went from the Mount of Olives. He will come back to the Mount of Olives. But the Bible indicates that when he comes back, when he puts his foot upon the Mount of Olives, that the Mount of Olives will actually split. And we read here about the uh, waters flowing out of the temple. Now, you'll know that the temple is 2,700 feet above sea level and that uh, the Dead Sea, which is uh, spoken of here, is away down below sea level. And in between the Temple Mount and where the Dead Sea is, is the Mount of Olives. And it's going to split here, and so the waters will be able to flow down into the uh, valley, the uh, region known as the Arabah, and it will then become uh, a freshwater lake, and there will be fish in the lake. And we read here about all of the uh, chains that takes place, there will be fishermen that will be able to fish in the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea, of course, today isn't called the Dead Sea for not, nothing. It's full of salt, 34% salt content. And, of course, nothing can live in it. Well, uh, recently scientists have found little microscopic creatures that can uh, withstand the osmotic effects of the salt. But there's very little that can live in that, uh, in that climate. Uh, the Dead Sea is 13 100 feet below sea level, the uh, Jerusalem is uh, 2,700 feet above sea level. So there's a great 
precedence that takes place between the two. There's a great drop. But here we find there is this day, I believe literally, when there will be this flowing of waters into the Dead Sea that's going to change it. But I want you to notice that even though this blessing will come and there will be a change, that in verse 11, it mentions here some places which are not touched by the blessing. Now, this is why I believe this is not the, uh, this is not the eternal state, because it mentions miry places. There are not going to be miry places and marshes in the eternal state. I think that this is the millennium that has been spoken of here. But I want you to see that it does speak about miry places and marshes in the midst of all the overflowing blessing, in the midst of the Dead Sea being turned into a, a freshwater lake and all of the blessings of the life that comes, there are still miry places and marshes. And that's surprising, perhaps, in the midst of all of the blessing that there should be places that are untouched by the blessing. But it comes as a warning to us because we know that there are places and there are lives that can be untouched by the blessing of God. Maybe in the midst of a, a great mission or even in the midst of a revival where there are souls being touched by the blessing of God, there are always those that are untouched. There are places that are untouched. Maybe in the midst of the uh, overflowing blessing of God, there are districts that God passes over and places that God passes over. And, of course, the concern for us is that we should not be in a place that is overpassed by the blessing of God. That while God on others is calling that he might pass us by or pass our district by, we want God to step in. We want God to bless us in the midst of the blessings that are poured out. And so today we are saying that this is something is literally going to take place in time to come. But it also is a picture to us of the places that are passed over or the people that are passed over in the midst of the blessing of God. And so I think we can learn from this and I think that it comes to us. We want to see what it is, what kind of place it is that the Lord would pass over. And there are three things about this miry place or this marshy place that is mentioned in verse 11 that I want you to see. And first of all, then, I want you to see the context of the miry places. I want you to see that the miry places here are in the context of regeneration and renewal. It speaks there of the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof. And that would ask us, whereof? You notice that little word, thereof, the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof. And what are these places? Where are they? Well, if you look at verse 10, you can see that they are in the midst 
of a time of blessing. If, it, if you look at verse 10, it says, And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Eneglium. They shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of the great uh, sea exceeding many. Now, we don't know really that much about Eneglium. It is sort of passed out of history. But we do know about Engedi or Eingedi, as it would be in Israel at the present time. And we have been in, I've been in Ein Gedi. And it, it is on the shores of the Dead Sea. So this is the Dead Sea. It is this place called the Arabah. And here we find that there are fishermen in Ein Gedi. Now there wouldn't be fishermen in Ein Gedi at the minute because of the salt content of the sea. But here there are fishermen that are spreading forth their nets. So this is the context of a change, a transformation that has taken place. God has taken this desert town and God has transformed it into a place of life and into a place of blessing and a place of abundance and a place of fruitfulness. And we think of how in many ways the Bible speaks of the pouring out of the waters as the blessing. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. In Isaiah chapter 35 and 7, it says, And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of waters. And how glad we are when God comes to transform a life, or when God comes to transform a community, when the desert places are transformed and bring forth as the rose. And maybe you've seen maybe programs in the desert lands, when the rain does come at certain times of the, the year, and within a few um, hours or a few minutes even, the whole of the vista uh, and the view in the land is transformed by the water that comes. And how we pray that God will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. When the waters of God come, there is healing. When the waters of God come issuing here from the sanctuary, they come from God, certainly all of the, uh, uh, the awful things, the untoward things, they're washed away, and God brings healing. And how God has brought healing to different lands at different times. We think of the Roman Empire and how uh, the nations of uh, the northern hemisphere and in the west have been transformed by the gospel and by the message of God. There has been healing. Not only is there healing, but there's life. We read here about them spreading forth the nets for the fishes. So where there has been no life, now there's life. And I'm glad to anoint the life-giving power of the gospel, the life-giving power of the word of God. And not only is there healing and life, there's abundance, there's fruitfulness. Uh, and it speaks here of the, uh, the, the trees along the side and the streams creating a green oasis here in the Judean desert. Wealth and blossom and fruitfulness, all of these things. And where do the blessings originate? Well, as we say, they come from the sanctuary. They come from the a place where God dwells among his people. It says in verse 1, 
Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house. The uh, temple there is the place where God's glory dwells, and they come from Christ. They come from the Word of God. They come from God himself. And dear friend, that's where all our blessings come from. We can't depend upon ourselves or what we are. We are depending upon God to give us the blessings. And you see the progress here. They first of all are to the ankles, and then they are to the knees, and then they are to the loins, and then there are waters to swim in. And of course, the true blessing of God gets more and more. As it goes on, we, uh, they get deeper and deeper, and we progress towards the fullness of the blessing that God has for us. Those are the blessings. Those are the kind of things that we want, and that's what we need, and that's what we're praying for. But not only are the miry places in the context of um, regeneration and renewal here, but they're in the context of rottenness and reeking because it speaks of the miry places and the marshes. And that is possible. When the whole land is being blessed, when the whole land is experiencing the waters that come from the sanctuary of God, here are these marshy, salty marshes here in the midst of it. And as we've said, how often that is in the midst of the blessings that there can be the places of barrenness. Maybe that's been true in lives. You think of the times when God has passed over and we uh, maybe there have been missions and people have been getting saved and there have been people in the meetings and they have been, as it were, passed over. And maybe we think to ourselves at times, why, how is it that people can sit in a meeting like that and go out? And yet they do. They go out in the midst of blessing. I think of uh, maybe County Fermanagh in the midst of the 1859 revival. And, uh, and apart from a, a few uh, extraordinary meetings in Fermanagh, Fermanagh was largely passed over in the 1859 revival. You think of fellowships, even churches, and maybe there's blessing in one place, but there's not blessing there, and the Lord passes over. And you know, we think of our land and all of the blessings that it has got in the past, and that's why we need to be concerned, because in the midst of blessing, and while God is blessing in many places in South America and Asia and in Islamic countries where multitudes are coming to Christ, that God would pass over us because we have rejected, our, or the people have rejected our God and how we need to pray for our land in case in the midst of blessing other people that he would pass over us. So we see something here of uh, the context of the miry places. But then I want you to think about the character of the miry places. I want to think about the characteristics of these miry, marshy places. And I want you to see that these places are places of sinking. If it's miry, uh, it speaks of uh, the clay, the muck, the filth. And miry, of course, speaks of that, muck and filth. But it is sinking sand, as it were. It's, 
It's a miry place is a place where you'll sink in the mud and where you will be pulled into the mud and it will pull you down. And of course, that's true. And if we get into the miry places of the world, it'll pull us down. It'll pull us in. And you know, sometimes if we dally in the miry places and in the marshes of sin and of the world, it will suck us in. It will pull us down. And isn't that the picture that if we are in the miry places and we're harboring sin in our lives, that, that, sinful, uh, that sinfulness sucks us in and pulls us down. We think of what the Lord said in Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If we confess our, uh, where, where uh, it speaks of revival and it speaks of confession of our sin, and turning to the Lord that he might forgive our sins and heal our land. But there needs to be that confessing because we have that tendency that sin will suck us in. It will cause us to sink. It will pull us down. And dear friend, if we dally with sin, it'll pull us down. Not only is it a sinking place, this miry place, but it's a, a place of seductiveness. You know, one of the things about a swamp is the rotting vegetation uh, will uh, cause the methane gas to uh, occur, swamp gas, it's called, and sometimes the swamp gas can light and you get an effect called St. Elmo's fire. And it has been the cause of many tragedies, St. Elmo's fire at times, where people have been out maybe in the wilds, maybe in a wintry evening, and the snow has come down or a fog has come down and people have got lost in the midst of a, a moor or in the midst of a marshy area and they've seen a light and they thought, there's a light, that's a, a, play, a, a home, that's a shelter, I'll, I'll go there. And instead of going a place of safety, they've got into a place of danger. And isn't that what sin does? Is there's, there's a seduction about sin. And we are promised something, and it seems that we're going to a place of safety and a place of rest, and instead we are being drawn into a place of danger and into a place that is going to be uh, detrimental to our safety and to our help. And the uh, marshy places can be places of seductiveness, there are also places of stagnation. What, why, why do the marshes form? Because there's a blockage somewhere in the flow of the, um, of the water. And of course, the Dead Sea here is at the lowest point in earth. And therefore, the water, that's the problem with the Dead Sea. The water can't flow away, so it just accumulates and accumulates. And the sun uh, then... Uh, causes the water to evaporate and leaves behind the saltiness that is there. But we think of the marshy places here. There is nowhere for the water to flow. And we uh, get that blockage. And the hymn writer said, we cannot be channels of blessing if our lives are not free from all sin. We need the channels of blessing, the channels that reach to God, those channels need to be unblocked. 
The Lord says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. We need to be careful that we're not grieving God. And if we grieve God, it causes that stagnation. It causes us to stand still. And it's often been said that if we're standing still in the things of God, then we're going backward. We need to be going forward. Speak ye unto the children of Israel, the Lord said, that they, they go forward. But also you'll notice about this um, miry place, this marshy place, that it is a, a place of saltiness. It says in the verse, But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed, but shall be given to salt. Now, of course, you know that the Dead Sea at the present time is a place of salt. And we are told that the waters will flow out from the sanctuary of God and they will flow down into the Dead Sea and they will change the place of saltiness into a place of fresh water. But obviously, there's still salt there. And usually with a salt marsh, this is a salt marsh that we're describing here, and a salt marsh usually takes place where the uh, fresh water comes in. Usually, a salt marsh is usually by the seaside in our uh, day, and what happens is that the uh, fresh water comes in, and it's not able to take away all of the salt. And this seems to be what's going to take place here, where there are places where the water, the fresh water comes in, and it turns the Dead Sea into a, a freshwater lake, but there are places where the water just doesn't reach as well, uh, or where the water comes back. Maybe there's a little bit of tidal flow there, and the water comes back, and it still leaves the salt there. And that seems to be what probably is going to take place. Uh, all around the shores, there is desert, and uh, there's still salt, and there are places that just aren't reached. They're not just reached as well with the fresh flow of the blessings of God. And wouldn't it be an awful thing if in the midst of the blessings of God that we were, as it were, on the outskirts, that we were not just reached as well with the blessings of God. And when we're in that saltiness, a salt, you know, a salt mine, in a salt mine, there are never any fossils because the salt dissolves the fossils. And you know what happens in the salt marsh is that all life is taken away and all, all record of life. And wouldn't it be an awful thing if we got into the place where not only is the liveliness and the blessing that we need taken away, but even the testimony, the testimony of our life. And you know, you can think of times and places and circumstances in which there have been people, and not only have they lost the blessing of God, but they've lost their testimony, lost their testimony. John Bunyan speaks about Pilgrim going into the slough of Despond. And that was a marshy, boggy place. And of course, Pilgrim or Christian wasn't happy. He wasn't happy in the Slough of Despond. Now, the Slough of Despond 
was before uh, Christian was actually came to the cross in John Bunyan's thing. But you know, we can get into the marshy places in our lives, bogged down, not going forward, not going anywhere, no life, no blessing. We can get into a place like that where it seems as if we're passed over by the blessings of God. And that would be an awful thing if we as God's people were in that place. We think of the concern about the miry places. And the concern, of course, is that we are passed over, missed. Maybe you're not saved today. And we think of the overflowing blessings, these blessings coming from the sanctuary. And while in others, God is calling. He's passed you by. He's passed you by. No, the, the Bible says, the Lord says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. And maybe there have been time when you've been in meetings and you felt God speaking. Oh, God could pass you by and leave you in the marshy place without the blessing of God. What if you are saved? Well, you're not going to be destroyed in any way. But, oh, you could miss out on God's blessing. You could miss out on God's blessing. But is there a cure for the miry places? Well, I'm glad there is. It comes from the waters of God. It comes from the waters that flow from the sanctuary. We can receive God's blessing. How do you make sure that you are going to receive the blessing of God? Well, one thing is that you need to be in a low place. The places for, to which the waters of God flow here are the low places. The low place. It, it is the Dead Sea which lies away down there. How many feet it is below? It's 1,300 feet below uh, sea level, about 2,700, which um, three, 4,000 feet. Hopefully, that's my miles anyway. 4,000 feet, very low. It's the lowest place on earth. And it receives the blessing because it's low. And you think of how God brings blessings upon those that are humble, those that take the low place, those that bow down before God. God took some humble Galileans at the day of Pentecost, unlettered, uh, uncultured, uncouth men, and he poured out his blessing upon them humble men, humble that, that weren't in any way lifted up. God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. Oh, he blesses the humble. So that's the first thing. If we're going to get the blessings of God, we need to be humble. And then, if we're going to get the blessings of God, we need to be cleansed. Uh, the salt marshes were formed when the brackish water which is a mixture of salt and fresh water. And it's, as we say, it it's, it's happens when the, the salt water is not sufficiently washed away. So in order to have the blessing, what hap needs to happen? Well, the, the fresh water, the water that comes from the sanctuary of God, needs to totally wash away all of the saltiness, all of the... Salt, of course, can be a blessing... Salt can do wonders. It can be an antiseptic. But of course, in too great of quantities, it 
kills, it brings death, it brings destruction, it brings destitution, dearth. We need the saltiness of our sin to be washed away. Washed away. There needs to be that cleansing. And I'm glad that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we need to be stand away from the saltiness of the sins. The Bible says, Come out from among them and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing. Now, whether that is something of sin or is something that's ecclesiastically ruining, we need to stand away from everything that would in any way mar the blessing or stop up the channels that reach to God. We need the blessing. We need the outpouring of the rivers of God upon us. And we don't need to land, land up in the miry places and the marshy places. We need God to come and to cleanse us. What do we need to do? Keep low and seek for the cleansing of God day by day. Keep short accounts with God. Make sure that the channels are open, that the channels are clean. And thank God when the rivers of God begin to flow, and when they are flowing, then we will be caught up, and the fresh cleansing of God will flow out upon us, and we will have the blessings of abundance and of healing and of life, and all of these things will be bestowed upon us, and we'll be in the midst of it, and we'll see the outpouring of God's blessing upon us. But oh, that in the midst of the blessings of God, we would end up in the marshy place or in the miry place. Let's make sure that we are in the midst of God's outpoured blessings in these days. Let's just bow, please, in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we are concerned today when we read about the marshy places in the midst of the outpouring of the blessing of God. We don't want to be in the marshy places. We don't want to be in the miry places. Help us, Lord, to be low. Help us, Lord, to be cleansed. Help us, Lord, to seek thy blessing, even poured out upon us. Meet us at the point of our need and bless us. And we pray that every thing that would stop the channels of blessing the blessings of God flowing. O oh God, cleanse us from those things. Take away every blockage and help us to be out and uh, up and doing for thee. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen. Now, I wonder if we could um, turn to the hymn 641 in closing, please. 641. Revive thy work, O Lord, thy mighty arm make bare. Speak with the voice that wakes the dead, and make thy people hear. We'll sing verses 1 and 2 of the hymn, and we'll stand as we sing. 641. <laughs>
our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we pray that thou wouldst indeed disturb the sleep of death and quicken the smoldering embers by thine almighty breath. Bless us now, we ask of thee, and continue with us throughout this day, and blessed uh, as we come again this evening, and put thy hand upon the word of God, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we ask these things. Amen.